I'm all about the good vibes, the good vibes. We bout to have a good time, a good time. Leave my problems all behind, all behind. We living out the good life, the good life, yeah. I ain't gotta worry about a thing. Oh no. Had some obstacles I overcame. with another episode on the Clutch Vision Podcast. I got a very special edition uh, podcast for you guys today. Coming like live from everywhere all over, the, all over the country right now. We got several different guests in the house for you guys tonight. We're talking about Black Lives Matter. We're talking about, you know, uplifting and, and giving people the knowledge that they need to, um, to get through uh, what <laughs> our country is currently going through right now. I've got several individuals that I'm going to introduce to you. I got educator, Mr. Guy, still in the building. I got G, uh, Giovanni Thompson, who's also Hi. an ESPN radio personality. I got my older brother. There's no bias there, but he's my older brother. Nakia Skinner is in the building, accountant, an extraordinary father figure, um, and, and father as well, too. I got my man from the Rock Steady Crew, B-Boy, why not? I got my other man right here, Mr. Lou Nitro Green, DJ, father, everything that you could think of. He used to dance. He can still dance. He can still get down. I got my man, 50 Grand, Mr. Quinn Howard in the building, professional motivational speaker that is in here building today. And I got Miss Tammy Pettiford. If you need some real estate done, if you need a house, if you need a home, you may want to go ahead and hit her up. Now, the reason why I got all these different faces in here tonight, and this is no shade toward any, um, any leader uh, of, you know, of culture or anything like that, but I wanted to, I wanted to get people that are, that are in the trenches on an everyday basis that are out there in the field that don't necessarily have a huge um, social media platform, right? I wanted to get people in here that wanted that, that we, we talk about this every day and not just the people that are, that are out there on, on, on social media with millions of followers and things of that nature. Let's hear from, you know, your average citizen. That's who I think that we need to hear from because, uh, and not saying that, you know, all the knowledge, it goes to them, but I believe that um, these people have a, a voice as well too that we need to hear. And I think you guys are going to definitely benefit from these individuals. So guys, first and foremost, thank you all for coming out. I'm going to start this off and I'm going to, I'm going to direct this first question um, to my man, Guy Still. Um, I want to know you, you are, you know, from Camden, New Jersey. You are also, your ethnic background is Puerto Rican um, and, and African-American as well. And I wanted to know what were your thoughts, you know, um, seeing, you know, a man of color be pinned down to the ground and ended up losing his life once again. I think um, first thing I saw, Ken, was, um, was Eric Garner's face. Um, same thing happened, a lot, everybody knows, same thing happened in New York with Eric Garner. Um, but for me, even though I have my mom's uh, Puerto Rican pigment, my father was a very, very strong personality in my life. And I saw him, I saw my father, who was my African-American side, my black side, I saw my uncles, I saw my ancestors, I saw, 
Um, it was a lot of pain in that video. Um, a lot of people really asked me what, you know, where the pain was coming from and why I was kind of consuming myself with it. But it, 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 it came and it stemmed from a lot of um, uh, past hurt and past things that I've seen my, my ancestors and my father and my relatives go through. Mm, mm. Giovanni, I want to direct the question to you from a female perspective. What, what, what were your first initial thoughts? Um, to be honest, my first initial thoughts was, oh, God, here we go again. That's really what my honest, my honest thought was. It mm. wasn't really anything emotional. It was more so like, we've been here before type of thing. So, and, and then I just started thinking about just the timing of it and just feeling like, mm -mm. Yeah. I just yeah. felt like this, the, the difference between this one was just like, I was already burnt out, tired from COVID. And then when I right. seen that, it was just like, right. okay, like, are y'all serious? Like, is this yeah. really happening right now? Like, how do you even have enough energy for the money to do this right, right now? Everybody's in the house, we stressed out, people lose the money, this, that. Like, how could you even have that much energy into doing something like that? And it was just yeah. like, I was just kind of stuck a little bit. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, I think we all were stuck. I mean, especially me, like, I'm sitting in the bed with my wife and I'm just like, yo, like, again you know what i'm saying like that i think every black man can sit there and, and honestly say that like here we go again and and i want to jump the jump the question to, to nikia you know and, and you raising two sons um you know what what were your thoughts going through that because your sons are, are now you know um at the adult age yep 23 and 18 yeah um it's like everyone else said you know my first thought was i've seen this before you know, why is this happening again? Let me check the calendar because this can't be 2020 and I'm watching this happen again. Right. Uh, the next thing that went through was without watching the video was listening to everyone in the background and how helpless they were. Mm. Um, you're watching a man lose his life and you can't do anything about it. Um, and I was thinking like, if I was there, how would y'all, how would I feel? You know, I'm watching this happen. I can't affect it. I can't help, you know, stop this. How would I feel? How helpless must I be? And even worse, this man's mom or relatives, whatever, are watching this. How are they feeling right now? Right. Because I, I know how your mother would have felt. Right. You know, I know how my mother would have felt watching that. So it, it was very painful to watch, uh, to see somebody down like that. And uh, yeah, it, it was just something that I'm sure everyone who's seen the video, it's something you'll never forget. Yeah, absolutely. I want to I want to jump to why not real quick on, on the same on the same question, you know, and and why not you you grew you grew up, you know, in, in both worlds, you know, what I'm saying so you have knowledge in, in both worlds, you know, black and white hip hop culture, you know, Italian culture, you know, what were, what were your thoughts? And, you know, um, and how did you feel about the situation? I'm well disgusted. I mean, that's that's about it. I, I don't think anything else came into mind. Uh, and then when I started speaking um, to my circle about things, there's a sense of numbness, and it made me think really deeply about what's going on um, even more. And it just seems to happen every single time, right? So, um, but yeah, disgusted, man. That's it. I mean, I can't I can't really say anything else about that, but that. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I want to, uh, I want to jump to, to Tammy right here. And <clears throat> as a parent, Tammy, 
you know, what, what were some of the things like after seeing that video, you know, uh, this will be for Tammy and Quinn as well too, cause you know, you, you both have kids in, in Nitro. Um, what were your initial thoughts? And then how do you explain that, you know, to your children? So you, uh, let's go with Tammy first. Hey everybody. So for me, um, it was kind of interesting because I have a very active um, 16 year old and she's, um, they call her Angela Davis actually. So mm -hmm. I got, I actually got the phone call from her. She's like, mom, you got to see what's going on. You have to see what's going on. So for me as a parent, it was kind of scary because I didn't realize um, how she really, I know how she feels about things, but when your child calls you and they're crying and they're upset and they're mad and they want to do something and then things started to escalate and then the violence. And so it, it's been like an ongoing thing the past several days with us. So mm -hmm. for me as a parent, it's like, how do you calm them down? And then just trying to reason with her and, you know, talk about we have to let things take their course but we all have our own emotions on that but trying to calm her it was crazy and when she said to me and and i can agree with a couple other people i was angry numb all of those things here we go again but when she um actually looked at her father and he was trying to calm her down and she said what if that were you daddy what if that were uncle jason wow. then how am i supposed to feel and then my voice is shaking just because you know, I can see my husband on the ground. I can see my kid's godfather on the ground. I could see family. But to hear it from a 16-year-old and to see her break down like that, I realized that her fear and what she's going growing up with is so much different than when we were coming up. You know, I'm a, a Gil Scott Heron type person. So when you hear like the things should not be televised, well, they're growing up in a time where they see everything all the time. So mm -hmm. our kids you don't have to tell them anything. You kind of have to figure out what's in their brain, what's on their mind, and how to, right. how, I don't want to say attack it, but how do we break it down and, and so that we can be with them and, and they don't feel like we're against them. Because I have to tell you some of the, the dialogue that the kids are having, it's kind of it's deep and it's yeah. kind of scary. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Quinn, I want you to jump in here. You know, same question, you know, what, how did, you know, and, and you being biracial as well too, like, you know, how do you explain this to, to your children and, and what, are, what are some of the steps or whatever that you took to, to doing that? Uh, Kenny, listen, man, when I first saw that, I looked at it and I kind of was like, hold up, man, I got to watch this again. Mm -hmm. And so when I watched it the second time, I, I was literally like sitting there looking at evilness. Mm -hmm. And what I said to myself was I said, wow, we, we just got done dealing with the with the, the dude who was jogging and, you know, the video footage that just came out with that. And people are already, you know what I mean, already kind of like wound up about that. Yeah. And then I'm sitting there looking at this evilness. I'm like, listen, man, there's no justification with that. Right. And it kind of, it upset me because, you know, me and you had conversations about, you know, just being mixed. And yes, I'm a type of dude that even though people think I'm crazy, like I have hopes to see us getting along. You know what I'm saying? That's That's what I see. So with that being said, um, I forget the uh, lady's name that spoke earlier. Forgive me. Tammy. She kind of talked about COVID-19. Giovanni? Giovanni, yeah. Yeah, so Giovanni had talked about COVID-19. And so as I was looking at this evilness and I'm thinking about the jogger and I'm thinking about COVID-19, it kind of upset me, man, because whatever, what, whatever people's thoughts are on the virus, whether it's real or not, I know one thing I think we can all agree on is that we got to a place with this lockdown that we missed human connection. Mm. And so, you know, you heard, I'm sure you heard before that, you know, success happens when opportunity and preparedness meet. Mm. So I felt like we were being prepared to come back and, and appreciate each other more. Yeah. 
And I felt like, you know, we were at the place where it was like, you know what, man, all this petty stuff ain't worth it. Like I'm ready to go back and value people the way that I needed to. Mm -hmm. So I felt like as we were all phasing out of that, you know, I know all different states are coming or are moving at a different pace, but I kind of felt like it was like, wow, man, there's something behind the scenes that knew that this, that this was getting ready to happen, that knew that people appreciated each other, that right. knew that people missed each other, that knew that, you know, so it was like, as soon as I felt that was going, like, boom, here this comes. Right. And I felt like it was almost like, you know, so. You know. Okay, here you go. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I felt like coming out of this lockdown, like everything that I said, we were ready to get back and I felt like things were, were moving forward, so to speak. Right. Right. And then with this, man, it was like, ah, oh, you got to yeah. be kidding me. This table. So, and this. so like it's almost like we're going backwards. Going backwards. Right. Right. Uh, Nitro, I want you to chime in on, on the same question. You, you've got, you know, you've got three children. You've got in, in, you know, out of those three, you got a set of twins. Right. So this right. is simultaneous, you know, for you. Yeah. I mean, same time. So as a father, you know, what, 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 what is your, your first reaction and what are you saying to your children? Um, and, and explaining this to them because now they're they're getting to that age where they're starting to really understand things. Well, the first thing I want to touch on is, you know, I want to thank everybody for their honesty because I think honesty is, you know, the biggest key in this. And just like, you know, some of y'all, when I first saw the video, you know, and me understanding how social media platforms are based on algorithms and how they feed you certain stuff that you look at, we're constantly seeing the same thing. And I was really just ignorant to it. Like, like Gio said, I was like, huh, another one. Okay. And it took me actually a couple of days to actually catch on to see what was really going on. I'm mm. like, wait, is this recent? Because you know, social media will feed you stuff, but it will be three years old. You know, that's why you always got to check the posted a year ago, two years ago, three years ago. But when you see something three days ago, you mm. raise, it raised an antenna in your head to be like, Oh, let me, let me do a little more investigation into this. Right. So as I'm saying it, I'm like, man, this is recent. Are we serious right now? Again, COVID-19 has already had its knee on all of our necks. You know, I'm right. going to change all of our lives. So for this to be happening, I'm like, come on. And yes, I have twins. And the thing about, you know, being a parent, because my kids are very young, they're seven years old. And I feel like, in my opinion, when your kids, when you have young children, it's about, you know, making them see the world as cotton candy, balloons, water right. slides, that they're not ready for this yet. Mm -hmm. It's my job as a parent to protect them and show them and keep them in a bubble and let them know that while they're seven years old, the oh, world is a the world is a fun place. You know, like I'm supposed to be doing things as a parent, making sure they have fun. I'm not gonna sit them down and try to explain this situation to them because they still have to go to school next year. I don't want them judging. I don't want their relationship changing with their friends that's a, of a different skin color than them. I don't want them being scared of anybody. I want them to have fun, grow up, meet people, learn to love people, no matter what they look like, what their skin color is. And I don't want to, you know, desensitize them with the right. damaging things of the world. In my opinion, they're not ready for that. Right, right. I agree. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I want to I want to switch gears here a little bit, and this this next question is going to be for Guy, Nakia, and Tony. Since you guys are all you know um, educators in in some way, shape, or form, um, you know, with with the police brutality, you know, that's been going on for years, centuries. You know, uh, me myself and and Nakia, you know, we 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 talk uh, obviously, and we've had our conversations as brothers, like. You know, we get into these situations, especially as young people, right? 
as 17, 18 year olds when we get a license and we start driving and then boom, we get pulled over and then we don't know our rights, right? We don't know our rights. We don't know what to do. We're ignorant to, to what the law is because nobody's teaching us the law. Our parents may not know the law fully, right? In, in your honest opinion, guys, um, and we'll start with Nakia first, um, do you think that it's important to implement, you know, um, the Know Your Rights programs inside the American school system so that teenagers know their, know their rights once they are, you know, elig eligible to drive? Uh, yeah, well, I think any education is good. Um, and, you know, the moment a child is, is ready for that, that those words, they should, it should be explained to them. Um, I don't want, I don't want my son, especially my older son, who's a little mouthy, just like I am. You know, I, I had to warn him early um, that some, you know, you, you need to protect yourself and you need to make sure that if you are pulled over, these are the things you do, you know, as a African-American male and, and, you know, everybody in this panel, you're, you're going to have to have that conversation with your son and daughter right. at some point when they start driving and they get to that point, especially once they cross 18, because if they do get pulled over, you don't have to be notified. Right. Um, so they need to know how to conduct themselves and, and you know, hopefully to, you know, protect themselves. But um, yeah, that, that needs to be in schools. It needs to be everywhere. And again, any kind of education is, is good. Uh, right. I think that's probably where it needs to start. If, if we can get to people earlier and educate them, this conversation may not need to happen, you know, generations down the road mm -hmm. uh, because people have been educated and they're learning. And, you know, I, I see my son, my, sorry, my, my eldest son, the only black kid in his graduating class. Mm. Um, so, you know, the school that he went to. Right. So, but he's aware because we've had the conversations at home. You know, we don't shelter him at this age. Now, when he was younger, like my man said, when he was like five, six, seven, absolutely, man, the world's full of rainbows. Right. I want you to enjoy it. I want you to be a kid. I want you to laugh. I don't want you to have that burden that we have as parents right now. I want mm. you to be a kid. But right. as he got older and he started noticing things, Mm. it became my job to inform him and educate him of why this or that is happening. Right. You know, uh, right now, a quick story. Um, he went out and bought a sports car. Yeah. He has the same car that I have. Yeah. Which is an attention grabbing car. <laughs> right. He bought the same exact color. <laughs> um, so I, yeah, my, my, he, he went out and bought, he has a, a, a new Camaro and, windows are tinted and everything else. Um, but I told him, you know, you're, you're a 23 year old black dude in a Camaro, right? You are a target. Yep. You need to, you know, you're going to have to learn how to navigate this world. So, uh, as he's gotten older and things have happened, we've had conversations and as he gets more mature, the conversations get deeper. Mm. And at some point I'm going to have conversations with him that he's going to be able to share with his children. Right. So, right. yes, let's educate them early. Um, and, and, you know, like, the, I can't remember who said it, um, about kids today knowing more because they're inundated with all kinds of information. Right. You know, the Internet's full of stuff. You know, whether yeah. it's good or bad, they're learning stuff that we don't even know about. Right. Um, the moment your kids start getting curious, you need to talk to them. Yeah. And, and so that they hear it from you and, and they're, they're following in the advice they got it that you're giving it and they're not following someone else that might be steering them on a path that's going to get them the wrong kind of advice where you're going to get that wrong phone call about your child. Right, right. I want to jump into to Tony real quick on, on the same, you know, same question with, you know, educating, ed educating, right? But like my question to you is, is not only just um, 
you know, should they be educated on uh, their rights and knowing the law, right? How do you think or how do you feel we can implement those things, especially into, you know, uh, junior high, high school and college as you, you know, are being a professor down um, in Arizona as well? Uh, well, I think for me, in my particular case, it, it's going to come up more than in others because I teach in the arts. Right. Right. And uh, so it, it's it's our duty to speak about things that happen culturally, socially, economically, things like that. And we, we our kids are constantly, um, you know, exploring and studying and researching about these things. And after this, what's happening now um, I do believe because we're out of school right now, but we'll be back again in September. They're going to come back hyper aware of these types of situations. Um, Mm. And what I'm, what I don't understand because I teach on a university level is how is that going to impact the younger grades, Mm -hmm. uh, grade levels. And um, those uh, institutions might have to think about what that's going to mean for them. Um, But I do believe the first thing that they might want to think about is how their institutions are being policed because all institutions do have uh, police presence Mm -hmm. and um, they're going to be questioned for sure. Um, I'm already seeing it online. My school, I teach at Arizona State University. They have been putting out uh, statements because they're also getting a lot of emails about it. Um, You know, in, in a way, this is something that I think is extremely important and should have been done before, right? And there's a lot of things in school systems that need to have been implemented a long time ago. Um, But I do believe this will push that forward and I hope that they really think about it. And it's very important for them to know their rights. If if they knew more about that, they would also know that what's happening right now is is their their rights are, are not being acknowledged. Right. And they need to know that it's important for them to know that and important for them to know what steps to take if that does happen. So yes, it's extremely important. I agree. Kenny, can I, can I say something to that? Because he just made a, he just made a good point because uh, when he said that people don't, they know that they don't know that their rights are being violated. Right. And I think, and I think that's the ultimate problem is that what do you do when the people that's supposed to be enforcing law, they're doing their job wrong. So mm-hmm. you can have all the education in the world, but what is our education versus these people who have a little bit of federal or government power who's abusing their authority against us? Because you can have the education on law and you can get pulled over. Like your brother said, son got a Camaro and his son could be the coolest kid in the world, being compliant, doing everything the cop asks him to do, asks him to do and still be a victim on somebody's news, just like any yeah. one of us. So. Right. I think that's more the, I don't think the problem is us so much. Yes, we need to be educated, but I think they need to be educated. They need to know how to police better. Mm. I, I have a theory to where I, I believe, and I grew up in the hood, and some of y'all know me, I grew up in the streets in a very, on a small block in Germantown, and I see some crazy things. And the cops we respected were the cops who policed our neighborhood, who was from our neighborhood. Mm. because they know the neighborhood, they know the people of the neighborhood, they know the atmosphere, they know the attitude, they know the energy of the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something where they need to work on. They need to work on police graduating from the academy and straight going straight to police the neighborhood where they're from, Mm. where they can have a connection and an understanding with the community, opposed to you might put a white cop 
in a neighbor in an all black neighborhood. He might come from a neighborhood where he's never seen a black person before, but only wow. on TV. Yeah, that's a good how you gonna How you gonna put him in the neighborhood to police something he's never encountered or dealt that's with a, good point. a day in a day in his life? Right. So it, it's more about it's about the education. Yeah. It's more it's about them having more and better education right. on how to police people and treat people right more than us learning how to just know our rights because we know our rights and they still abuse us right that's that that's an excellent 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 point because it's kind of like the 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 movie training day you know where where my man went right up in into the into the hood <laughs> right. he was getting set up from the kit he was like yo he's like oh i got a rookie okay he wasn't ready he wasn't ready. All right let's go <laughs> no. Kenny, Kenny, can I just add one more thing uh, to, to this convo? Um, so, you know, being the positions that, that um, I think teachers can really look at what's happening in terms of the landscape right now mm -hmm. and really hold their institutions accountable. Uh, if you didn't see uh, the, the school in Minnesota terminate their contract with the police department. Yes, I did see and that. I believe that is a power move, and I, yes. and I hope that they continue to do things like that because the question here, uh, I think, in a big way is if the police aren't doing the policing, who is going to police the police, exactly. right? right? So um, if, we, if we continuously take things, which is what the defund the, the police thing, I believe, is, is, is about, right? So right. this whole idea of um, you know, letting them know that what they can't do that. You violated our rights. And these are ways that we're going to um, speak out about it. So I think the universities have a big um, thing that they, they, they can actually make a move on that themselves. Right. That's dope. Yep. Guy, I want I want, you to, jump in. I want I you to jump in here, but wait, but let me, let me, let me set this up for you. So, you know, before you, before you go in, the kid says something, you know, um, you know, very profound as well too. He, and he said that he's, he's letting his kids know, you know, what to do, how to be, if they ever get pulled over, this is what you do, right? And as, as black kids, and then you're, and you're from Camden, New Jersey, so you grew up in the hood as well, too. And I'm pretty sure your father had the same conversation with you, right? And it's like, my, my whole thing was, why, why do we always have to be on the defense, right? If, if, if I'm being pulled over, you know I'm saying, all right, cool. I'm, if I was speeding, my bad, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'll slow down, all right, cool. You know, but why do I always have to feel like I got to have my hands on the wheel? You know what I'm saying? Don't make no sudden moves or anything like that. I'm already mentally on the defense mode, right? So you grow, you growing up in the hood and being an educator as well, too, at Rutgers. So how do you, how do you, uh, how do you transform that? And, 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 and if you can, you know, add to the same question. I'm going to hit on a little bit of what everybody said because everybody had good points. Uh, as far as implementing, I mean, we all need to be educated on our rights going into a situation like that, because be quite honest, it's adults, not in uh, middle school, high school, college that know their rights. So even as adults, that right. education is good. As, and I mean, you know, the, the gentleman said, you know, rights that we want to, you know, we can have as much education as we want and still you know, be put in a situation. And not only from a father, you know, an African-American father, a black father that had that conversation with me, but also was a police officer for 42 years. Mm -hmm. And so that conversation was coming from a father, but was also coming from a law enforcement officer. Um, 
there really is no way around the the ignorance of certain people. So certain police officers are going to stop certain people and they're going to, you know, they're going to show out. And, and I say that, I say that to say this, um, Tony, why not said um, about the funding, right? About the, about the money part of it. Well, people in le uh, law enforcement officers, government officials in decision-making positions need to start making those same type of moves in order to open people's eyes. Because, yeah, I mean, there can be some things done on the, the police training level, but I'm talking from somebody in power and uh, uh, politicians and people like that. I think that's what kind of got me the most in the diversity of this type of involvement like who got involved in the George Floyd situation. Right. Diversity, a lot of things came from, you know, people in leadership, decision-making positions, and were, were taking a stance. Yeah. So the way I think this needs to be implemented as far as education-wise is, is, is come with a, a visual presentation. Because I'm going to be honest with you, the generation we live in, whether high school or college, they are, we, we're all a visual generation. We need to see it for ourselves. Mm. And so when you, when, you, when you show these type of circumstances, George Floyd, um, you know, Eric Garner situations, and you may not show that to the younger group, but I'm saying as far as when kids are older and able to process, you know, this could be me, um, you want to be able to give them a visual and show them, look, I'm not just talking. I'm telling you, this is real and it really happens. And so taking a strong stance in that type of visual education and then as far as handling of, of, of police uh, action or, you know, police brutality, you definitely have to have the, the, the relationships that my man was talking about earlier. Right. They have to be on board right. as far as taking actual stance because, you know, they, they kind of take a step back yeah. and don't know whether to take one side or the other if they are going to do anything so yeah, for sure for sure great 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 points right there uh giovanni uh quinn and tammy this this next question is coming to you guys and actually anybody can really chime in after they chime in um although it may not have been right um for the looting in all these cities right can we possibly agree that because of all the, 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 the killings and the police brutality, could we honestly really say that America kind of had it coming? Because for real, for real, you, you wait days and days before you actually arrested these officers after being, after there's, there's video proof that this man died, you know, in front of, you know, the world, pretty much. Like, you know what I'm saying? He died in front of the world and then the riots, started happening now although they may not be right can you really blame you know um americans and people in, in all these major cities can you really blame them for the outrage i'm gonna come to, to, to giovanni um first with this um i think that uh in all things i think that we that the that we need to start telling the full truth um and i think that we need to do things that level the playing field. The truth mm -hmm. of the matter is this country was built off of looting mm -hmm. and right. And so it doesn't become um, an issue or illegal 
when other people do it on the other side. It's either it's wrong or it's not, or it's right. And I think that when we, we need to start educating our people on, I think, on actually what happened and how we actually got here. Mm -hmm. Because the rioting and the looting and the arson is what got the Civil Rights Act signed. Mm -hmm. So it's like, the only difference between then and now is that they had direction. And I think that's what this generation is lacking, the direction and the leaders. But the truth of the matter is, if you look up Lyndon B. Johnson, he signed the Civil Rights Act because we gave them six days of pure hell and unrest, mm. 110 cities across the country. And mm. that happened when they killed Dr. Martin Luther King. It started the same day that Dr. Martin Luther King died. Yeah. And so <clears throat> I think if our people had the full scope of actually what the history is, then they would be able to have a lot more direction. And I think it's a difference between constitutional rights and human rights. Mm. My human right is because God created me and he put me on this earth. So you can't necessarily dictate how it is that I respond to something as me being a human. Now the constitution may say otherwise from man, but my human right, it should be to defend how it is that I feel and to defend my liberties and defend my right as me being on this earth. And mm. I think that's where the that's where the misconception comes in i think that they continue to twist those things and i mean for black people when you really look at it or for people of color um the truth of the matter is when this when this country was put together we were not even considered to be all the way human mm. so it's like we continue to ask people for something that they really never had for us from the beginning so i think that the full education is going to be super important moving forward in regards to taking the lid off of the controlled education that they put in schools because the controlled education push, pushes peaceful protests and Dr. Martin Luther King was a person of peace. No, he wanted peace, but he didn't do things peacefully all the time. Right. He got arrested so many times and he was not getting arrested with, oh, y'all come, oh, just put these cuffs on me. Right. No, that's how it happened. That's right. not how it happened. Right. And so I that they tell us that so then they could kind of push the narrative to try to keep us in control. And so I think that if our right. people really knew what actually happened in order for us to get to this point, well, then thank you. Able to move. And, <laughs> right. and it wouldn't be so many people like, oh, um, you built down my business. Well, back then they didn't give a crap because if you was black and you didn't do nothing for your community, your business was getting burnt down too. And you didn't have a say because right. it was about either you with us or you against us, no matter what the color was. And when you look at the, um, what did they call it? The Holy Uprising Week? That's when they did the riots after Martin Luther King. They burnt down their own communities and they did mm -hmm. that because before Martin Luther King died, he was trying to push the Fair Housing Act. And so mm -hmm. their thought process was, if we burn down our situation, we will make you give us something that's better than what it is that we had. Right. And so people don't even understand, not to say, I, this is what I'm with whatever you do do it with a purpose and have a plan because there's some people out there that's peacefully protesting they don't even know what they protesting about right and don't have a clue and it's going home not a clue it's like oh right. yeah i was out there y'all and oh yeah uh-huh and right. it don't even matter right. and they could have stayed they behind home and then there's some people out there that's burning down buildings doing whatever it is that they want to do and they still don't even have a plan for the next day or the next month or the next year so for me i think that they all in the same pot of ignorance and until we get some real direction, 
it's just stupid on both sides for real for real but i think that we actually as a people we have to take the responsibility to start educating our community so that they know what it is that's going on and i think that if people have the full truth then they can move in truth and they will be able to actually accomplish something so that's my thoughts on that thanks go ahead quinn i want you to chime in preach (laughs) <laughs> hey, she was pre yeah, G- Giovanni, what you said, I 100% agree with, and I don't say that to be a yes person. And as you were sitting there talking, right, God downloaded this in my spirit. We all know, right, like as believers, not trying to make everything conspiracy or whatever, but, you know, we know be- behind everything, this is good versus evil. Right. You know what I'm saying? So this is a spiritual, right. this, this is spiritual warfare. And so I'm saying that. Uh, because I don't, I don't blame them. I may not agree with everything, um, but I can understand. You know what I mean? And the reason I said that goes back to what I said earlier. Remember when I said, like, uh, the climate. You know what I mean? You got to wait for things to be right to push an agenda. Right. And so, um, not trying to make this church right now, but it is what it is, man. But when, when Jesus was approached, when he was alone, when he was approached after many days, it was after 40 days, it was when he was weak. And so as things are moving forward and as things are beginning to unfold, even though we can see that there may be uh, a brighter future, there may be a need for a human connection and ready to value people. Like the enemy knew that people were tired, tired of being home the way we were, tired of thinking about jobs and businesses um, and so on. And so I'm saying that because as I watched it, man, and I see things in the spirit, you know, I don't want to make everything so religious, so to speak, but. Um, I really try to take things uh, not just off of social media like the like the do said earlier, but I like to see what they're showing me and then be able to say, okay, God, what are you showing me? What am I supposed to see in this? And so what I'm getting at is that as I see what's taking place right now in this good versus evil uh, fight and spiritual warfare, mm-hmm. uh, I see that the enemy waited for the perfect time. And I think that yeah. there was a breakthrough that God wanted to take us to the next level. Not that he's he's not in control. But I believe that it was the perfect time for the enemy to set up his agenda when people were weak and people were at a place where they're like, nah, man, not right now. Like, I'm tired of this, man. Like, this is, this yeah. is old. This got to stop. And so I think what we're seeing is people were just is, fed um, up. People are fed up, man. And whether or not people are taking advantage of being an opportunist and going and getting yeah. some, you know, paper towels or whatever <laughs> right. beyond that, man, you know what I'm saying? This is real. Right. Definitely. Definitely. Thank you so much for that. Tammy, go ahead and chime in here real quick. So um, I like both of the points that were made by Giovanni and Quinn. I think um, one of the things that Giovanni mentioned is the education piece. So for me, and I'm from Boston originally, but being here in New Jersey, I noticed with Camden and with Newark, they both were places that had huge riots at one time and and their cities were burned down and taken down. So I kind of look at it like, if you look how peaceful Newark has been, how peaceful Camden has been, and because I do a lot of work in Camden, I spend a lot of time in the community um, meetings and in late nights in the city and at City Hall. One thing I can say that the, the, the police force there, when it changed to the county police force, they really took an initiative. Everybody's going to have their own opinion. But when I'm in the meetings, they're listening to the residents, they're hearing the residents, and they talk about some real life things in those meetings. But to see the residents and the police force together in a peaceful march, um, to me, I think is important. And I think that if more communities came together and we have more dialogue, uh, it's going to be a better thing and more education. 
Mm -hmm. um, but I think that comes from, from dialogue. So, you know, with this COVID thing, do yeah. you, I, I don't know. Sometimes I question if, if we weren't all locked up and in the house, would this, with what happened to, to George Floyd, would, would it have gotten this amount of attention? So then it kind of goes to Quinn's point. This is kind of like a, for me, I feel like God has spoken. He's like, it's time. So I think that even in the community I live in, it's, it's weird. You know, we're one of a few black families here. Um, but it's 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 different but you can see people trying to dialogue more people coming out on the lawn i don't know if it's i don't know if it's it's real or not their intentions but i think dialogue and the togetherness and talking about things is good and and that's kind of my take on it i think giovanni yeah. um, she put she put a, a, a real um she, she said it the way she put, said put that yeah stamp on it. yeah really. she put that stamp. she really did really did I could dig it. So I'm gonna come. I'm gonna come to Nitro. I'm gonna come to Nitro right here on, on this next question. Hey, Kenny. Oh. Kenny. Uh, yeah, I want to touch on that other question too, Kenny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, go, go ahead for a minute. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. So, all right. First of all, Giovanni, thank you. Um, yeah. I, I caught myself sitting here listening and, and looking for the plate to go around because we should have taken up a collection um, <laughs> for the way you put that one in. So, thank you. I, I really did appreciate it. Um, but with, with regard to the, the, the rioting and looting that's going on. Uh, my, my fear with it all is the same thing that happened with uh, Colin Kaepernick. Mm. People were so stuck on the action talk that they missed it. the message behind it. Right. Talk about it. Talk you know, about you it. had people, and I'm not going to, you know, name all these yahoos. Right. Uh, <laughs> we're so focused on how dare he kneel and disrespect right. the flag and blah, blah, right. blah, blah, blah. First of all, my father was in the Navy. Right. So, you know, and, and, and Kenny, your dad was, you know, a military Army. man also. Yep, yep. Army. So, uh, if, if you go back to it, the person who told Kaepernick to kneel was a military person. Military, he's a Green Beret. So, there was no disrespect. The, the thing behind it was, I just want y'all to get the message, stop paying attention to the action. Exactly, Drew. So my problem with the, the rioting <laughs> is when you watch the news, unfortunately, the news likes to portray it as, and I, I think the young lady said something about do it with purpose. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there's a lot of looters and rioters who are just like the Joker and Batman. Some people just like to watch stuff burn. Uh -huh. uh, yeah. There's no purpose in it. They just woke up and was like, you know what, today, I'm going to F this up. Right. You know, without anything being behind it. No thought. So, yeah. uh, what my, my fear with the writing is the, the people who we want to listen to the message are too busy focusing on the action mm. and they're going to miss the opportunity to get educated on the message and we're going to end up repeating this cycle again. Same thing over and over again. Right. Um, the, the hope is that uh, the younger people, like my man's kids who he said are seven and, and such, they're getting the message mm -hmm. so that when they're put in a place of leadership, them and their classmates and that whole generation, when they're put in a place of leadership, this stuff doesn't happen again. Right. Um, just like with any organization or, you know, when I, when I speak to kids and such, I always like to bring things back to sports because I think that makes it easier for them. Right. The, the team is going to always take its cue from its best player. Mm-hmm. That's the direction and the, the way your, your team is going to go. So when you got a guy like Steph Curry who, you know, focuses on team, everybody's going to follow that. Right. Same thing has got to happen in our education system. Mm -hmm. You know, while we are 
upset with the police and absolutely they should all be held accountable. Anyone who steps yeah. online does what they're doing. But the issue is the environment and the system in place that doesn't really punish them for that action. Yeah. They've seen absolutely. too many times people do whatever they want to do and it's more of a slap on the wrist or what we're seeing now and it's really starting to get frustrating, blame the victim. Yeah. Right. You know, right. oh, he was this, he was that, he was this, he was that. I don't care what he was. At the moment that this happened, he wasn't any of those things. Exactly. So the, the, the police, the, the education has to come from the top. The system in place has to change. Right. And so you hope the younger kids today that are seeing these things going on, keep this in the back of their minds. It's replaying to them as they're growing up. Right. So when they're putting these leadership positions, they're not going to stand for the stuff that's going on right now. Exactly. Right. So, so I want to, I want to jump, I want to jump to you real quick, Lou, uh, in a second. I'm trying to make it real fast. Let, but let me, let me, let me set this up for you. Cause, cause Nikia made a great point and I, I wanted you specifically for, to lead this, this next question. And then everybody else can go ahead and, and, ju and jump in from here. Just raise your hand. You know, if you, if you, if you want to chime in next and I'll pick you to go, but he said something very, very uh, dope that I, that I, that I think we need to address. And it's about the system that we have right now right? The system that we have right now, it don't work. You know what I'm saying? Okay. It, it's just not working, right? So, Lou, you coming from, you know, you know the, the streets of Philadelphia, you know what I'm saying? In your, in your personal opinion, and not just opinion, but experience as well, too, how do we break the system to build a new one that works for our nation? Well, I think, I really think we are breaking the system right now. Right. And a short story, it's funny because with me being a talker, doing radio and all of that, back in the day when I was a kid, I never used to be a talker. And I always remember my grandma always saying, one day you're going to find your voice. Mm -hmm. So to me, our, our culture, our generation has found this voice. Mm -hmm. That's where the burning buildings down come from. That's where the looting, that's where the, that's where the anger comes from because people are now wanting to be heard. Hey, I'm on the 50-yard line about burning the buildings. One side of me say, hey, y'all shouldn't be doing that. The other side of me says, hey, every important, the nation's capital, the White House was built was built by slaves. You know what I'm saying? We built those buildings. We own those buildings, not you. You just rest there. We own them. You know, and like Gio, Gio's, Gio and Quinn actually had such a very strong point on the, la on the last question, which ties into this, to where, you know, they really summed it up all the way. And I want to touch on something that Quinn said, because I'm with you, bro. You know, we got to really pay attention. And when I say us, I'm not talking about black people. I'm talking about us, black, white, purple, green, yellow. I'm talking about like-minded. I'm talking about the conscious. I look at us as a group. We're the conscious people. We know what's going on. We have the knowledge. We can see, we can see the bullshit. Excuse my language. Right. And we got to remember this because I'm a spiritual man too. God is always working. But we have to remember Satan is always working as well. And mm -hmm. we have to always put that in perspective to where, when did this happen? This happened. We're already going through COVID-19. We're already, we're actually getting away from COVID-19. Right. Things are starting to open back up. And then this just piles back on us. Guess what? That's the devil. Now, guess what? We putting all these people together to protest. Guess what's happening? COVID-19 numbers are spiking right back up when we started to get them under control. So we got to watch how the devil plays and we have to be conscious not to fall into his trap because he's like oh okay everything's about to open back up let me hit y'all with this so massive amount of people can mm. get together protest and be sick again to put y'all back on lockdown 
because everybody's out there because they're hurt. They're not even worried about their sickness no more. They're out there. They're getting tear gas. They're coughing. They're getting mace. They're coughing on each other. And then when after George Floyd is laid to rest and a couple weeks go by and we think the world is going to be uh, right. op operating at its normal capacity, no, they're going to say, well, guess what, guys? We got to do another 30-day lockdown because with all the protests and the looting, COVID numbers have spiked back up to the most outrageous numbers America has ever seen. So we yeah. have to pay attention how we address right and go about situations but at the same time still let our voices be heard you know that's why i respect right. everybody who's out there breaking windows and yelling and protesting and still wearing those masks because those are people who are not falling into the trap mm. but there's you see a lot of people who don't have masks on. Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and i don't condone criminal yo if you out there just to be a criminal like come on bro i'm not rocking with you some people right. just want an excuse just to do just to go shit. break something. You right. know what I'm saying? Like we, like we not we not rocking with we, yeah. No one cares about that because right. the one thing I hate, I hate a person who contradicts himself. And okay. Kenny, me and you talked about this. Absolutely. Listen, listen to me. This is the type of person I am. I'm working for my community. I'm not posting it on Instagram. I'm working for my community. I'm not asking nobody to help. I'm doing what I can do for my small block of Germantown. If it's going to give out book bags, if it's going to give out water rice, if it's going to give out free haircuts, I'm going to service my community, the community that I'm from that I don't live in anymore. You know what I'm saying? And there's some people who don't do nothing for nobody right. ever. And they're right. in a position to. Mm -hmm. But now they want to stand on the front line and try to be activists with this big situation going on. And... You ask them for a favor because you're a person trying to help people and they don't lift a finger to help you. Yeah. I did. I've, I was starting an organization and Tammy can vouch for this. I, we went to the neighborhoods and we were buying out barbershops to give free haircuts to underprivileged kids. Mm -hmm. I reached out to some of my friends, my black friends, mm -hmm. okay? My black friends who own companies. And I said, yo, why don't you send me $30, $40, $50, $100 to pay for, to pay these barbers so I can get these these young guys haircut in the neighborhood. You know what they told me? I'll call you back in five minutes. Mm -hmm. I called some of my white friends, mm -hmm. Colombian friends. You know what they said? What's your cash app? What's oh. your bank account? So right. it ain't a black or white thing. It's a good or bad thing. Because mm. I, when I say us, I'm not talking Ooh. about black. I'm talking about, I'm talking about us as a people because I ain't gonna front. I got good homeboys that are black, solid homeboys, and I got solid homeboys that are white and all types of other races. And I ain't gonna front. My white homeboys sometimes hold it down better than my brothers. And I be like, yo, like, you just like the cop. You got your knee on my neck because you see me trying to do something for the community and you have the, the resources to help me and you won't do it. I don't right. understand that. Right. So right. we really do have to break the system within each other it starts with us mm -hmm. first it starts it Absolutely. starts at home you know it and i touched on my kids i yeah. touched on my kids earlier and you know 10 years 20 years from now my kids are going to be a reflection of me a reflection of my knowledge if i don't teach them and my kids get killed in the street that's my fault mm. i have to bear that burden right. because i didn't educate them right in these four walls of my home and that's mm -hmm. what it's really about there it is. Giovanni, I want you to jump in right there. Clap it up. Everybody, let's clap it up for Lou right there because that was that was golden right there. You know what I'm saying? Go ahead, G. I know you had your um, hand raised. So I just wanted to touch on the system. Um, yeah. 
Well, touching on something that that Lou said, uh, the word of God says that when there's con- there's confusion, there's opportunity for every evil work. And so that's what it is that we're seeing because us as a people, we don't have any organization, but mm-hmm. flipping back to the system, um, what I personally think it's going to take, again, I'm a person that when, even when the COVID-19 happened, mm-hmm. I asked God to help me to be able to get back to the core of everything. Because I think a lot of times when we're dealing with a problem, we deal with it at the face value and nobody actually really tries to figure out where it came from or where the root of it is. And so when we talk about the system, um, when you look at the system of policing, right? The, our modern day police patrol was the slave patrol and the night watchers, right? And so that's the foundation of the police departments. And don't get me wrong, my dad was a police officer for 25 years and I had these conversations with him and they're just as transparent as they are with you. But if the foundation isn't right, then I don't care how many band-aids you put on it, how many black police officers you hire, if you don't acknowledge the foundation, then it will never work to its perfection and it's never going to work in excellence. It's always going to be something that's going to be able to come and shake the foundation when it's not something that's solid and it's not something that's good and it's based off of evilness. So mm-hmm. until the people that created the system acknowledge what the system was actually built on, right. then the spirit of slavery, the spirit of catching niggas is always going to be there. Wow. That's it. Wow. So yeah. that's what the, that's what we really need to be asking for instead mm-hmm. of asking for justice. No, we need to be asking for y'all need to change the system. Yes. Take the system down and rebuild yeah. it on something that is that rebuild it on equality and rebuild it on something that is fair and rebuild it on something that is for everybody because Mm -hmm. it wasn't built for everybody. It was literally created to catch slaves. And Mm -hmm. that's exactly what they're still doing. They're still catching slaves, whether you're black, white, Asian or whatever, it still reflects the same concept. So I've been just preaching to people to start making sure that you're asking for the right thing. Right. And make right. sure that you know who you're supposed to ask, who you're supposed to get it from. Because right. a lot of us, we, we yell at this person and that person. and Oh, oh, Trump has our freedom. No, he doesn't. Right. He right. doesn't have our freedom. Not at all. He doesn't Not have our freedom. He right. is in no position to give us our freedom. Right. We need to start. To, we need to really be like, this is what we need to do to America. Can I speak to your supervisor? Boom. That's what we need to be doing. Yeah. Fact. Because Trump ain't it he an assistant manager he ain't it we need to be going to the people that put him in place and give him the orders because mm-hmm. those are the ones that really control right. those are the ones that have our freedom right. those are the ones that created the systems of injustice not right. these presidents yeah. they're just merely there to implement what it is that they want to be done yeah. so it's like we got to really educate ourselves on where this stuff came from so we know who to ask for because right. we're wasting so much energy on trump mm-hmm. and it ain't he gonna be gone and it's gonna be another exactly. one in there while you have and while you have different over and over right and while you have all these different officers that are in you know office for years and years and years they were here before trump some of them are here after trump these people that was here before obama bush whoever you know what i'm saying but here's what i want i wanted to touch on something real quick g you know and and you said Mm -hmm. something in there where you know and i'm and i'm gonna jump to why not on this next question as well too uh and, and we can lead it off from there whoever wants to jump in it's, it's, we can continue to ask and ask and ask for these things, right? But 
even from a from a spiritual standpoint, like you know, the laws are here to yes protect us, but I've said this on social media the past couple of days, and I was reminded that we don't just have like a prejudice problem; we have a heart problem. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We got a mm-hmm. we got a heart. We have a heart problem because when you said mm-hmm. that 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 spirit, you know, of catching slaves is still running wild you know today it's like it's not just we have to break the system we have to break that spirit that Mm -hmm. spirit or whatever right there has to be broken because number one you still got black people that live in fear every day because as soon as they walk out the door you know i'm saying no no matter what you could be in a white neighborhood you could be in a black neighborhood because if you're in a black neighborhood you may get gunned down by your black people you know what I'm saying? If you're in a white neighborhood, you may sit here or whatever and get locked up, you know, by a white cop or, you know, maybe, you know, the lady across the street may look at you like, oh my God, like he's about to, you know, take my, take my plant. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> by the way, by the way, you know, whoever is taking my mother's plants, <laughs> y'all need to stop that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like hey, real, real rap, yo. <laughs> my, mom, <laughs> my mom's plants have been getting stolen. <laughs> Off her lawn for the past year, yo. My mom has a green thumb, <laughs> and I'm I'm putting the order out right now. Stop stealing my mother's plants, y'all. Saying, you know who you are. I'm about to come for y'all, man. You know what Kenny, Kenny, what's your mom's address? I get some free plants. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, Kenny. Depend, hold on, hold on. What kind of plants? Kenny, <laughs> Kenny, you mind if I say something real quick? Go ahead, Quinn. So listen, I, uh, first of all, I'm gonna stop going after uh, Giovanni, man. Listen, I. I feel like I'm playing a game of horse and I, and, and, and I'm standing behind a sharpshooter. Right. <laughs> yeah. I said, man, I got, I got to get out of line and start going behind somebody else. But Lou, listen, man, you, you, I could have dropped the mic, bro. Like when you were talking, it could have been game over Yeah. because I really, I really felt that. And I started thinking about what you said earlier, Kenny, when you said like, why, why do we got to feel a certain type of way? Yeah. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and the truth is we felt these kind of ways before this happened. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And and I'm gonna be real with you. Like tonight I was driving and, and I'm light and my family is like we're so light that if we came in here and I turned off this LED light, <laughs> you still see us. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? So we light, so I don't have the oh he's following me because I'm dark. Right. You know what I'm saying? But tonight when 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 I was in the car driving and we were just going to the park, like we were going around a little turn, the cop was in the church parking lot, he comes out. And I'm like, yo, why do I feel uncomfortable? Like, I know right. we're going through this, but I'm like, I'm not doing anything. Like, I'm a stand-up dude. Like, I, right. I'm with my kids, but I'm thinking in my head, and they don't have no idea. These thoughts are like, yo, nope. if something happens, my young kids are in the car. Right. And I'm a light-skinned dude that can't use the the excuse of being dark, like I said, but I'm still a human being that can feel this. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so I started thinking about what we were saying, and it's like something got to change because there's no way that I can have a job and because I come in five minutes late, that at the average job, you ready to fire me. Yeah. But for some reason, outside of the average job, when you get into law enforcement, it's like you get multiple chances. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And, yep. and so my thing is like, how do they get all these chances and you ready to fire me for showing up five minutes late, That's but they dope. can kill a man. And it's like, Hey, we're going to think days and you got to think about it. We're going to think about this for a while. And so I I just think that we got to keep taking our stance. We got to keep doing what we're doing right now. Like we got to be able to shift Zoom. Not only do I wish I would have, I would have, I would have bought some stock in Zoom, but I think that, uh, 
I think that we gotta we gotta be able to use what God has given us. He he says that He'll always give us a way of escape. Yeah. And the other thing He says is that be angry but sin not. Yeah. And so I think that it's okay to be angry, but we got so much sin within ourselves, and we're ready to like, like Giovanni said, blame Trump and blame the white man and blame the black man. And it's because we we got so much hate and so much stuff that we got to get right yeah. that we don't know how to not sin right. because our heart ain't right. So we don't know how to. We don't know how to take on these situations. So the enemy can easily sit there and just pick you away because he said, listen, I already know what's in his heart. All I got to do is do yeah. this little thing and what's mm-hmm. in their heart is going to come out of them. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Hold on real quick, guy. I want, I'm going to come to you, but I want, I want to get why not in on this real quick. And then I'm going I'm to jump. This question is going to be for both of you guys. And then anybody else that wants to chime in, just go ahead and raise your hand. Like, I want to ask you this question, why not? Like, you know, with everything that's going on now, Right. And you've got you've got you've got, you know, uh, people of all different ethnicities coming out, you know, white, you know, Puerto Rican, you know, what I'm saying whatever doesn't matter who they are. They're coming out now in support of Black Lives Matter. Right. And I've seen different celebrities come out, you know, at, at a high ranking as well too, say, like, this is wrong and we got to change and we got to do something. Right. And we have to start now in. And they'll, they'll sit there and say, like, listen, this is my ignorance. You know, my man Drew Brees, I like Drew Brees. You know what I'm saying? Even, even Drew Brees said, said something ignorant the other day. You know what I mean? But, you know, the change has, has to happen. And then I heard another, another guy, I forget his name, is John something. He said that, you know, it's up to, you know, the white man to, to, uh, to change this. You know, because black people have been asking for years. They can't continue to keep asking the same thing over and over again when we're the ones that caused this problem and we're the ones that that did this, right? My question to you is, and then and then we'll and then we'll jump it right right to guy. You know, what does your average, you know, citizen do to you know in this in their particular part of the world? What can they do to make the change to move things forward? And not just because it's a it's it's the thing right now. What do we do? to continue this because this is not going to be an overnight thing. It's not going to be one week, two weeks. You know, this is going to be something that ha- like you just can't be posting online and be thinking that you're doing something nice or whatever, because you feel guilty. Right. What, do, what does that average citizen do to, to move forward? I'm going to kind of link this also to the last question, I think. Okay. Um, because, you know, my, my question sometimes is like, are we, are we trying to break a system? Are we trying to fix the system? Or are we trying to infiltrate a system? Mm-hmm. Um, because I also believe um, if you're going to replace a system, you need to have a system to replace it with. Wow. Uh, I don't think we'll be just out here, you know, being just wild, you know? Um, so I always say that, like, if you want to tear something down, how are you going to build it uh, back up? Or, or do you have your, your, your ideas in place already? Um, I'm just going to speak to myself for a second. Um, I don't want to center this on myself, but I have a unique experience um, as a uh, B-boy coming up in the 90s, right? And I say this because uh, we saw a lot of um, black businesses start to pop up, especially in fashion. Um, and they were not supported by the community as much. And I can definitely say that that support would help immensely um, because a lot of the issues that we are having that I see, especially in hip hop and the hip hop community is, or the arts community is always funding. 
Mm. How do we get funding? Where are we getting this funding from? Well, right. the system that is against you is not going to give that to you. Right. Uh, obviously, they haven't. And then you have to try to figure out. Uh, they have, right? <laughs> and then you have to try to figure out how to get it. Uh, writing right. grants are extremely um, difficult, difficult, and and yeah. and it's a there's a way time consuming. To do it. Time consuming. You have to learn how to do it as well. There's there's things that and and from what I know, when I started off dancing, nobody was telling us how to do any of this stuff. Mm. Um, so that education also needs to be there, right? That education needs to be there. How can you get access to money? Um, I think you're starting to see that now. People are sharing um, black business owners' numbers and where you can find these online and people yeah. are starting to donate, I, I assume, yeah. um, you know, through these, uh, through these um, links online and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But I find it interesting too, because I have, I have you know, students that are coming in the age of 19 and older into the university. And I remember having a conversation then one time about, about capitalism, right? And this is where I think mentality is very interesting. Um, there's a bad taste about capitalism. Mm. And I understand that um, because maybe that system was not meant for you to get ahead right. in, right? Um, but this is also the way our society makes money. Right. So how can you take advantage of capitalism? Mm. And if you are creating something that is popular, if you are creating something that I know a lot of white people buy into, mm -hmm. how can you benefit from that financially? Um, that's, that's capitalism. Right. <laughs> so as much as, right. you know, the students that I talk to that have this very bad taste of what that uh, word is, then I see them post, oh, here are some links to some black owners we should donate. I said, well, that's, that's capitalism, guys. Yeah. And I think if you learn how to make that work for you, it'll, it'll be very beneficial. It could be beneficial, mm. right? It's just an, it's just one thing that I've noticed. So, um, yeah. you know, being in, in the school system, uh, I, I bring that conversation up just to say, um, and also just what I've noticed, uh, seeing what happened with, with hip hop fashion. I mean, you have all these people buying from Gucci and everyone should have learned from the Dapper Dan story. And he has a book and I tell you, you should probably read this. Mm -hmm. You know, he now has his own storefront in Harlem. Yeah. And we should be buying from Dapper Dan. Yeah. You know, I, I yeah. think, I think that's uh, just one small aspect, but it's just something that I, I, I wanted to share. Yeah. Um, you know, and a lot of the consumers of black culture should think about that as a way to help put things forward. Right. They will be funding the types of things, most likely um, uh, organizations, not just clothing, right? I'm just speaking about clothing in general, right? But mm. how that could be working within organizations that are, are, are really trying to do some work right. um, and that have ideas that can push things forward. So, um, and again, I think the marketing concept, like you see how I post online sometimes on, yep. on Instagram, I'm saying, hey, what, what are we doing in terms of marketing for each other? And this is just speaking from an independent artist point of view, but I think this can work for, for most, right? Most, you know, yeah. Because most of our programs in art are not funded. 
So how do we do this, right? I think there's certain things um, that can be uh, taught, learned, and then we can go forward with that. Um, so sharing, sharing uh, resources beyond actual Sh money itself. It's, you yeah. know, I, I, I try to do that through my own Instagram, as you know. I try to say, yeah. hey, listen, these are some things you can, you can uh, practice and learn. We're learning through the music industry also now, how to yeah. own your, the things of your music as well, yeah. right? So again, I'm I may be yeah. only speaking to an artist's point of view, but I think this can kind of go into other aspects. Really into other aspects, definitely. Yeah. Um, and Kenny, on that note, I have to go because I have another. I have a yes. Arizona community um, Zoom meeting to go to right now. Oh, so good. We appreciate. I just want to say not? thank you guys so much. Yeah, it was it was thank beautiful you. to share this time with you guys. Um, and and going to your last, jumping ahead to your last question. Yes, these conversations do help. I've been having a whole bunch of them. I'm open to them. I am uh, uh, really excited about the times right now because of the conversations. Uh, we started seeing them in COVID even before uh, everyone was outraged by what they saw on their screens. I started to see people speaking to each other because they were at home. And I think this is great. And I think we should continue. And I want to thank you also for asking me to be on the platform, Kenny. Yes, we appreciate you, Why Not. Make sure you guys go ahead and follow B-Boy Why Not. That's Why Not. So, hey on instagram make sure you guys go ahead and follow why not ism on instagram my man 50 grand we appreciate you why not we see you later big boy thanks kenny all right thank you all all right so so, so guy i want i want to we're, we're almost wrapped up here or whatever but i want to i want i want you to jump in here um you know how can how can you know your average citizen move forward um you know no matter what your ethnicity is you know yeah. what you be doing to um, to, to push forward to make this, to solve this issue. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think this is something we all do, we all have hit on as far as educating and education. Right. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, what I'm gonna do is, uh, I'm gonna kind of move backwards and into my point. Um, that what makes this so difficult is there's, there's a lot of different conversations that are happening and needs to be had. Yeah. Uh, one of them is about social injustice. One of them is about racial injustice. One of them is about police brutality. Yeah. And they're all, they're all, you know, subjects that need our attention. I think combating, and this links to the last question about systems, combating systematic oppression, and we talked about this, Kenny, the other day, combating systematic oppression is going to require systematic preparation. Mm. And, and not just the systematic preparation, but with consistency. So what we've done is we have spent a lot of time waiting for these situations to happen, to do something, you know, do something about educating ourselves. And so I think that we need to educate ourselves, but also educate the next generation. Now we, we, we hit on a little bit of educating our kids, yeah. but I think as a, as somebody who has been around youth and pretty much raised youth for 13 years, Youth that are mine and youth that are not mine, I think make it your job to be that mentor in your community, at your, you know, at your job, wherever you, whatever, wherever you are, to take that extra added time to, uh, like Gio said, give them the whole truth. You know, educate, enlighten, encourage in all of, of your different, um, you know, all the different groups that you have access to. Um, what was I going to say as, as far as, um, man, as far as, as police systems, man, they're talking about guidelines for use of police force, uh, 
uh, new guidelines for use of force is being discussed. I think guidelines need to be yeah. uh, talked about to 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 better evaluate the psychological state of of prospective police yes, officers. Absolutely. You know. Absolutely. When man, come on, man. Yeah, yeah. Come on, man. Yeah, come on, man. We talked about that spirit. Gio talked about that spirit that's in it's in us, right? Right. So I believe that first and foremost, that not all badges are bad, that not all police are bad. Oh no. But I tell you this, it from a from a person's perspective, that spirit had to be inciting for him to not only stay on his neck in the beginning, that's but even after stop moving. That's so what, that's that's spirit, it was that spirit that you guys were referring to that I that I applaud y'all talking about because it's a it's a person thing, like you said, yeah. it's a person thing, and the psychological evaluations of prospective police need to be um, like re that conversation needs to be reengaged in order definitely. to go forward in a productive fashion. Definitely, definitely, definitely. I but, I believe I think that you that these officers. Um, you know, and again, not all officers are bad. You know what I'm saying? Not all of them. But we, we, we speaking for real, real facts right now that these, these guys need to be evaluated, you know, more frequently like a drug test. You know what I'm saying? It should be like a pop-up drug test to where they're being evaluated mentally because there's got to be something wrong with you if you're going to sit there and hold your, your, your knee on a man's neck for eight to ten minutes or whatever the case may be. You gotta have something psychologically wrong with you, man. That 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 you are going to do that to an individual. So my my whole take is is that if that's the case, then who's the chief of police? Who 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 like yo go go see this? Yeah, this man needs to see the site. Yo, you can't be out in the field protecting our people because you're not right mentally right now. Let's let's get you behind the desk for a couple of months and everything so you get right, reevaluate, get your mental right. You know what I'm saying? and then put you back out in the field because we can't have you out here killing people, you know, and causing an uproar because now they're taking money out of our pocket and everybody know we don't want that, right? You know what I'm saying? So right, right. Out, I know that, I know that GU or, or, or it was Nitro. Nitro, you, you're going to chime in here and then we're going to go to the last question. The last question is going to be like a rapid fire question. I want to give everybody one minute to chime in on that last question. So go ahead, Nitro. I'm going to try to be really short on this. Um, now, with this question, like you said, what can the average citizen do to change everything that's going on? The yeah. first thing that an average citizen has to do, all of us, they have to change this. They have to change their hearts. They have to change the feelings that they feel inside of them. Because, yeah. you know, we, people, even lie detector tests, lie detector tests are, you know, they're built so to catch people in lies and, and do this. But if you notice, people have tricked them because people have created the mind capacity and the mind power to trick them. But the one thing that you can't trick is the heart. The Bible says that the heart is treacherous and it is also desperate. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the people. Is I think that's the problem, I'm sorry, is that we have to change our hearts. Even if we look at this situation, if we look at this situation, we're still together but against each other. Yes. Because everybody is in competition. I care about it more because I'm doing this. Exactly. I care about it more because right. I said this. Right. I care about it more because I, I wore this. I care about it more because I didn't, I called out of work. And that creates division. That creates a lack of love. We have, even, in, even in slavery, you think about slavery, build slavery and house slavery, division. Yep. You got a field slave saying, hey, I was out there picking cotton. You got a house slave saying, 
hey, well, I was in there getting raped and, and I'm pregnant by the master to create his grandkids. And you're trying to have two people battle their trauma and they're trying to convince one another that my trauma is more important than yours. Right, no, my right. trauma is more important than yours. And the fact that the matter is at the end of the day, it's all trauma. And each one of us have some type of trauma. So what we have to do, we have to do self-examining. We can't help nobody until we help ourselves. Mm -hmm. We can't love nobody yeah. until we love ourselves. Right. That cop, that cop did that not because of his mind, not because he didn't love George Floyd. He did that because he didn't love himself. Yeah. He don't. He didn't know. He was battling with the worst thing that a person can battle with, and that's humility. Because humility will drive us to do the most insane and incredible things in the world. So that's the thing we got to work on. We got to work on humility. We got to work on when somebody talks to you, even though it might be real, you got to take that, you know, and I, and this is, and I'm talking about, this is personal to me because I had to deal with this from personal experience. Cause I used to be a person that never wanted to hear nothing. Nobody had to say, yeah. but when I started caring about myself and, and reevaluating Lou, I started to take everything. Everybody say, you know, folks, you know, I could get something out of out of the message, no matter what it was. You look at this conversation right now. You know, the way we can change, you take this platform that you have, you take all of us on this board, this panel, we kick in the doors to get this on a bigger, on a bigger platform, not just yeah. social media. This is something channel 10 should be listening to right. because this is everyday modern people expressing yep. things it's that other is. people need to hear. You know what I mean? With good heart conditions, because that's who I want to talk to. I don't want to talk to, I don't, I don't even talk to people that, you know, that come off sideways or sometimes people that I don't even know, you know, and for me to be meeting some of, some of y'all on here for the first time, I can tell your heart conditions. I can mm -hmm. tell your heart conditions, number one, because y'all were on time. So that lets me know that y'all even care about having this <laughs> conversation. You know what I'm saying? Number two, I can tell how, you know, just how you're talking. You don't want to talk to somebody with a bad heart condition. If you got a good heart condition, what what a, what can a person with a bad heart condition, a person who don't love people, tell you? What can he teach you? Though so it's only one thing he can teach you, and that one thing he can teach you, you're not interested in, and yeah. that's how to hate people. And we ain't right. into that. We into love, and love is love. Yo, it says in the Bible, God is love. Love fills everything, but right. it's just about is it real love, like Mary J said, or is right. it fake? <laughs> right, hey, right, hey, Kenny. <laughs> Kenny, real quick. Yeah, I know. Real quick, we said what we can do. I, I always pull things out and make them simple. It's accountability. Yeah, basically. Hold each other accountable. Hold our leaders accountable. Speak up when it's not right. And and someone else mentioned that you know black people for years have been asking, you know, for something, and, and now finally we're, we're telling other colors that we need their help. It's just a population thing. We gotta have uh, other uh, ethnicities jump ethnicities jumping in. Right. To get the, the voices got to be louder. And that's where the accountability comes in. Hold our government accountable. Hold your neighbor accountable. Hold your brother. Hold your mother accountable. You know, if, if all of us have been places where you hear somebody say an off-color joke or, or make a statement about a certain group of people that makes everybody uncomfortable, but instead of speaking up, we keep silent. And when you keep silent, you basically condoned it and said, it's okay for you to do that. Okay for you to speak that way. Where if we call that person out on those actions, they might not do that again. You know, it, it, like we're doing now, we're calling America out on their actions, forcing them to take a look at themselves. Like my man just said, look at your heart to to, to make to force a change. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I think that those are all excellent points right there, guys. And, and, and you know, we're not 
you, we're not defiled by what comes in, we're defiled by what comes out. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Everything that, that, you know, comes in, we're not, we're not defiled by that. But it's what's in the heart, you know what I'm saying? I think what America needs to do is stop looking from the outside in and start looking from the inside going out. And that right there will then spark the change, you know, in, in everybody. We have to start, you know, unlearning what, we, what we've been taught, you know, throughout life because there's yeah. so much more information out there. You know, we could have been taught wrong. We could have, you know, been taught the wrong thing. And this is why people think the way that they think. And this is why, you know, black people are being killed, you know, almost every day, right? So here's, here's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to do like a, like a rapid fire question right here. And it's going to be the same question. We'll give everybody one minute, starting with Tammy. Um, I'm going give to you, give you a chance to jump in here. You know, do you agree that we need more conversations like this in person to make the change, not just on social media, although that's that's good. But you know, do you think that we need them more in person? And, and in your opinion, how does that even happen? So I do think we need them more in person. I think we need to look at our family situation. For me, I think we need the dialogue with my my daughter and her friends, the kids in the community, because the children are hurting. As families, I don't dialogue with a lot of families in my community, but I think it's almost like bringing it back to the town hall piece, but it can start in small groups with your neighbors and your friends. And, and I really think just seeing how the situation has affected my daughter. I've, I've lived this life for 44 years. So I've been through, I've been through Rodney King and all, I've been through many phases of this, but to see my daughter hurt like this and they think different, the way she learns is different. So I, I think we do need more dialogue just like this, but I think not just with adults, but with the different levels of different ages awesome. and different experiences. Yeah, definitely. Let's go ahead and jump to Quinn real quick. You got one minute. Hey, Kenny, I think that, um, like Lou said, we got to get our hearts right, mm. and and we gotta we gotta start on the inside and have real conversations, because there's so much that needs talked about. You know what I mean? There's there's so much that I know that I held in personally, uh, because we find ourselves in this place. But I remember like the struggle because for the longest time growing up, like I told you before, uh, I wasn't white enough to be white, and I yep. felt like I wasn't black enough to be black. So I feel like uh, colorism needs to be talked about too because mm. here I had a lot of my cousins on my dad's side were growing up it was like yo what's up cuz and then when we would be out and about it would be like yeah this is my cousin that's my white boy mm. and so it was almost like it was it was okay which is not okay to call me you know what I mean your white boy is your cousin but now we find ourselves in a place where it's black lives matter and and now we want to come together and it it, it it just it keeps a lot of division because I feel like it goes back to what Lou said. We go back to that field slave, house slave, and you're light, you got blue eyes, and, and it's just, it's, it's all hate. And I think we got to get to that place where we begin to love ourselves. And I think that starts at home. Matter of fact, Mother Teresa said, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. Yeah. And yeah. I think that that starts on the inside of mm. our spiritual house. And once we get the inside of our spiritual house right, then we got to start in our physical house. And I think everything else will continue to take place. Right, definitely, definitely. Nikia, let's go ahead and jump in right here. Yeah, um, as long as the conversations are, are like this, meaning that people are actually listening, uh, yeah. you know, tomorrow, and no offense to anybody here, I won't remember anybody else's name. Right. Um, but I'll remember what you said. And so as, as long as conversations are productive, where your people are actually listening, and instead of focusing on all the ways we're different, focus on the ways that we're all alike, mm -hmm. uh, and let's build from that point. 
um, these kind of conversations. I have my, some of my best conversations are with these guys I've been playing ball with for the last 10 years, and we are the most diverse group of dudes. There's 15 of us. Only two of us are black. There's a couple of Jewish guys, white guys. There's three guys from Europe. I forgot one of them, Slava Slava countries uh, from <laughs> over there. Um, but Slava, some, Slava. Of the, some of the conversations we have about the, the basic things, raising our kids, you know, how we like loving our yeah. families and playing ball, best conversation I've ever had. And we're, none of us are the same religion. We're not the same uh, political standing, but we, we know what our common ground is and we started there and have built from there. So people can start doing that. I, I think conversation would be more productive. Yo, cool, cool. Let's go with Guy. You got one minute, brother. Yeah, so um, just to hit on what you guys said, in order to, I believe these conversations are absolutely necessary in order to have the self-reflection piece and the accountability piece. Um, you know, when, when the conversation with my child is, um, why did the cop leave his knee on the guy's neck and didn't get up? Or why is the conversation with my child more about the looting than the ultimate purpose of, of why we're talking right now? You know, that's what makes these conversations necessary. You know, we talked a lot about, um, God, and, and, and I feel like I give back what God gave me. Those seeds that he plants inside me for transformation is what you guys have done for me, for me to then go out and do it for the next person. And so that's why these conversations are necessary because all it takes is just one. You have to plant the seed somewhere and, and um, look for, for fruit to come from it. Right. Definitely. Definitely. Go ahead, Giovanni. Um, I think when we look at what you know, the people that make the decisions, the powers that be, whatever we want to call them, their strategy most definitely is divide and conquer. And so if we were to do the opposite and unify and conquer, then we would be able to um, combat the system that it is that they put in place. So I think what I teach in my class of, um, you know, my students every night is that um, Start with your start with your home and, and be responsible for a group of 10 or 15 people. Because I think sometimes when I'm talking to people, they get so overwhelmed by the bigger picture. But if you were just to take responsibility for you, your sister, your mom, your aunt, and right. just focus on changing that area, and right. then somebody from there would, you know, grab their girlfriend and do then we would be able to do it so we can only just take on what it is that you can be responsible for and everybody if, if everybody was to take on that task then you would see the mm. change in a wide number you know what awesome. I mean and I think that you know that's that's my strategy of what it is that I teach my students because it's just like how can we change everything is so big it's such this has been going on right, so right. You but take we can do it it's just right. about just controlling what it is that you can, being accountable for what it is that you can. And like Quinn said, first it starts in the heart and then you can yep. transfer that to your physical home or your physical temple and then, you know, branch out from there. There it is. Okay, so Nitro, you got one minute, brother. Yeah, I think uh, absolutely, man. I wanna thank, you know, people like you who have platforms and Geo who has a radio station because I think that's, that's what's most important, that people who have the platform to allow people like us to come and talk and speak on their platform right and you know because you know a lot of listen i've done radio and i understand when things go on like this radio was always looking for the big name the big name the big name to come talk but sometimes the big name comes to talk but they don't deliver the right message right sometimes, sometimes it takes the smaller platform to have the right people on there to be talking to the crowd to be talking to the audience that that we connect to 
Yep. You know what I'm saying? And yep. and that's and that's really, you know, just what it is, that's man. Like, like Yeah. I want to just tell a story right quick, just based off of what he said. So true. My friend, you know, everybody was so up in arms with that statue mm -hmm. um, that they tore down. And everybody wants to talk to the mayor and this political uh, person and whatever the case may be. You know who he had on his show? The person that actually was the architect for that statue. Wow. That's who he chose to have on his show. And that guy got on there and said that when he created it, he wasn't aware of the guy's backstory. And then when he found out, he begged the city for years to take it down, and they wow. never they never took it down. Wow. And I thought that was just so vital because nobody's worried about the dude yes. that built it. And he exactly. was like, he was the, he said, I've been fighting for forever to take it down, and they told me no every single time. So wow. that's definitely right, Knight. We gotta yeah. go right. with it. No, for sure. You look definitely. at real, you look real fast. You look at an actor, comedian, whatever, basketball player. We, we know the reason why we like them. Like, yo, we like you because you play ball good. We like you because you make us laugh. We like you in your action movies. But right. we might not like you because of your message. So we got to mm -hmm. find people. It's platforms like y'all two that find people that people attach to them because of their message. Hey, yo, you funny, man. That's the only reason why I rock with you. But I don't like your message when you talk to people because I can't believe you because you're such an actor. I don't know when you're being an actor or you're being real. You know what I'm saying? But people who are living in the in the struggle every day, we know everything that our, that we say and our emotions and how we say it is real. So, you know what I mean? Shout out to, I don't do radio no more, but shout out the platforms, man. Like, yo, yeah. because y'all the ones that really matter out here, for real. Definitely, definitely, right. for sure, for sure. Listen, I say this all the time, guys. You know, and I've been saying this since all this stuff has been happening. Change doesn't start in the White House. Change starts in your house. I'm going to say that again. Change doesn't start in the White House. Change starts in your house. We have to hear and educate our children. We have to educate our kids because... You know, we're training them and we're getting them for the next level. We're getting them ready for the real world. So change starts in your house. Those that are listening, make sure you like, subscribe, comment below. We want to do a quick game with everybody, you know, real quick. Now, this is, this is, uh, I got it. This is the most people I've ever had on the show. You know what I'm saying? At one time, normally I got one person on, on the show or maybe two max. Okay. But this is what we're going to do. We're going to play a game called In the Clutch, and I'm Kenny Clutch. All right? So, so Nitro, you know, so Nitro, we, we, we know this or whatever. 2009 started, started the, the, the company called In the Clutch. In the Clutch is I-N-D-A-C-L-U-T-C-H, right? And for those that don't know, it's a, an acronym that stands for Inspirational Dancers Creatively Linking Upon the Culture of Hip-Hop, okay? I-N-D-A-C-L-U-T-C-H, all right? So this is what we're gonna do, all right? I'm gonna give you guys a positive word, I mean, a positive letter, you, a positive, I'm gonna give you guys a letter and you give me a positive word that goes with that letter. So I'm gonna call your name and I'm gonna give you a letter, you give me a positive word that goes with that letter. Everybody got it? Oh my God. All right, here we go. It was kinda late to be making people think. Here we go, here we go. All right, Tammy. Oh Lord. You got I. Inspiration. Okay. I guess. Quinn, in. To N? N. Next level. Okay. Guy, we're going to go with D. Oh, deliverer. Okay. Nikia, we're going to go with A. Absolute. Giovanni, we're going to go with C. Um, oh, my God. Um. Charity. Okay. Nitro. Oh, L. 
Oh my God, I get the hard one. <laughs> Sheesh. Uh, learner, you gotta be a learner. Okay. Tammy, gonna go back to you. You. Unity. Quinn, T. T? T. All right, transparency. God, we're gonna go with you. Uh, C. C. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, colorful, man, colorful. Okay, all right. And the kid, we're gonna end it with you. H. Humble. There it is. That's clutch. That's clutch. That's clutch. <laughs> hey, nice to meet all y'all. I appreciate being on here. And thank you, Kenny, for yes. the invite. And, and for my man, I had to be on time because if not, my mom would have called and yelled at me for leaving Kenny hanging. So, oh, all right. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Listen, everybody, make sure you like, subscribe, comment below. If you're watching this on YouTube, give me a thumbs up. Click that bell. Share this with your mama, your daddy, your uncle, your auntie, your grandma, your grandpa, your stepsister, your stepdaughter, your stepdad, your step-uncle. I don't care who it is. Your dog, your cat, your caterpillar. Share it with somebody that needs to hear this message. This needs to go out to everyone. We need to sit here and start pushing the conversation even more. Chime in on the conversation. What were your thoughts? Let me know your thoughts. If you're watching this, if you're listening to this on Spotify or on, on Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, or on Google Podcasts, go ahead and leave me a review on there and email us at contact at KennyClusSpeaks.com. If you have any any questions or topics, you know, that you guys want to hear or want to talk about, go ahead and contact us, you know, there. And make sure you go ahead and follow me at KennyClutch underscore Giovanni. Go ahead and shout your Instagram out. Yeah, my Instagram is GeoSoGlobal. Neo so global nitro go ahead. Oh, Geo, not oh, Geo. I said Neo. <laughs> Geo, Geo so global. You said me. Yeah, go ahead, Nitro. Oh yeah, you know who that is at who is DJ Nitro twenty nine or hashtag Nitro on the cut. There it is. There is Quinn. Go ahead. At Quinn Howard. There it is, Tammy. Go ahead. Oh, Kenny, you know I'm working on all this stuff, right? <laughs> I know. We gotta get you rolling. You gotta get me rolling. Somebody need a house. <laughs> you can find me at Tammy Pettiford Real Estate. There it is. And and guys, still, our, guy and the kid, y'all don't have uh, social medias, so y'all no. probably not gonna find them at all. So therefore, this is the only place where y'all gonna see them. They're that exclusive. So guys, make sure you go ahead and follow them. Their their links will be in the description below. Again, like, subscribe, comment. And guys, listen. It's like I always say on every single episode when we change the mind. We changed the game. Yesterday is gone. Tomorrow will worry about itself. And today is all we have. And today, if today was your last day on earth, what would you do? How would you move? And how would you impact? So once again, it's your boy Kenny Clutch, the Clutch Vision Podcast. I see y'all next time. Peace. Cause when we change the mind, we change the game.